No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade. I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear that, Brian. As always, I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Here we are together again on the radio. It is February already, one month behind us, and things are beginning to move a little bit. I'm encouraged, uh, Brian, about February because of primarily some of the COVID progress here. Now, I'm not talking about more cases, but I'm talking about the vaccines getting implemented out there. But it seems that, you know, even though there are vaccines out there, I'm still frustrated. And I don't know about you, but almost every day I see someone on an elevator or someplace who is not wearing a mask and it seems that the message is just not getting through i got in an elevator yesterday i attempted to get on but there was a young person who didn't have a mask and five minutes before that i encountered somebody else who didn't have a mask are you seeing that sort of thing in your life uh, no, I'll tell you why, because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there you I'm, go. I'm at home, and uh, I work from home, and I go to the grocery store. They require masks there. Yeah. So honestly, I don't see that because I'm not even putting myself out there because of that. And, you know, it certainly has become a political statement for some folks and, yeah. and all of that. I don't know all the medical behind it, but I know that even if you get the vaccine, you can still carry Right, the virus and transfer it to somebody, and and I do occasionally visit some older people, and I would feel horrible if I were the one that gave it to them. They died because of me, I, because if they catch it, they're not going to make it. And so I'm electing to be a hermit <laughs> for the time being. I'm 
very lucky that I can be. Most people can't. They can't just be at home by themselves, you know, working away like I can. So it is challenging out there. So I feel your frustration there. Yeah. For some people who do have to go to an office building again, there are elevators there and they ask you to wear a mask, but not everyone does that. Of course, you have to wear it to go into the supermarket. Doctors' offices are very careful about that too, but occasionally you will run into somebody who doesn't wear a mask. Now, I know that we're making some progress with COVID-19 in terms of the vaccines out there, and that gives some people hope and hopefully gives the market hope, but the market has been rather volatile recently. So what are you seeing in terms of uh, investor sentiments going forward here in 2021 so far? I had to chuckle a bit. Yeah, you're right. The market's been volatile lately. The last 100 years would be my definition last, of lately. Yeah, lately, 100 years, yeah. yeah. Markets are volatile, and uh, they just are. And they're, they're more volatile now than they used to be because of computer trading and all of that. You know, there's this huge disconnect as I've been, I keep on getting asked, hey, what's going on? We're in a recession. All these stores are shut down. My favorite restaurants are shut down. I know all these people out of work, and everything's at a record high, and can't even find a house to buy because there's people lined up to buy houses and drive prices up and so they're at an all-time high what is going on well the stock market's up uh not because we're not in a recession but the stock market and the economy are two different things the stock market if you look at the top 10 stocks in the in the world they're apple microsoft amazon google facebook netflix etc those companies are thriving in covid And that's what you're investing in often when you're buying the S&P 500. Those are also components of the Dow, some of them. But when you're buying the S&P 500, a lot of your money is going into that. And it used to be when you bought the S&P 500, the top companies might have been General Electric, Exxon, and Chevron, and so forth. Well, those are nowhere near the top anymore. They've all been replaced. And so when you buy the S&P, yeah, they're in there, but they have a fraction of 1% share of it, as opposed to some of the companies I just mentioned that are 2 3 4 5% of the S&P 500. So when it comes to market volatility, it's always going to be with us. As you said, it's been with us for the last 100 years. It's uh, just as a matter of uh, how much it's going to be with us. As you look at the hills and valleys, some of them are steep and deep, and others are rather shallow. Once again, that points to some of the educational material that is on our website, patronafinancial.com. There is one called Market Volatility in the New Age. Don't let the health crisis become a wealth crisis for you in retirement. Go to madronafinancial.com, go to the Education tab, and scroll down there, and you will find that particular guide. Brian, speaking of market volatility, I heard something that was pretty interesting on the radio yesterday, and that is about this firm called GameStop. And apparently, there's some people who are gaming GameStop or the hedge fund managers. It seems that that stock has been extremely volatile. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, any of the the stocks that are directly affected by COVID, I mean, GameStop, all the kids are home. You know, I get hit up by my kid about every other day. Dad, can I buy another game? <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> yeah. like, so there's, there's that. And so in any of the more newer technology shares that this, where the future is kind of uncertain, they're you know uncertain on the upside. Are they right. going to hit it big? And what's interesting, I think back to when the Internet first got popular and there were all these companies and it was a new, new wave, a new age, you know, in the late 90s. Everybody knew the Internet was going to really go big. And so you bought Internet stocks. The problem is you didn't buy necessarily the winners. You bought AOL and you bought that company that laid the cable across the Atlantic. I don't even remember who they are because they ran out of money and went out of business. You bought Egghead Software. You bought whatever it was. I mean, you bought these companies that aren't around and the winners weren't even 
available yet. And so you can know that an area is going to be good, but who, you know, even like with GameStop or any of these companies, who's to say in five years that no one's going to compete with them? I mean, think about how we, we get our media, you know, MGM or, you know, whatever, or ABC, NBC, CBS. That's where the shows are. Right. Certain people made movies. Well, now it's Amazon and Netflix that right. they just took that over. And so I, I don't think anybody would have predicted that they could have been upended so vastly. And it's just, you know, it's it's the companies that are going to adapt to the environment that are going to succeed the most. And we see that over and over. So you may know something about the industry and say, oh, gaming's going to be great. Well, just make sure that you got yeah. the right stock that has the right ideas for the future, that they're going to be there and not going to be a dinosaur or another block. Yeah, I'm looking at this website, businessinsider.com, that says pre-market trading in game stock was highly volatile with the stock rising more than 40% before falling into the red as platforms limited access. I don't know exactly what that means. GameStop worth more than $10 million, but some uh, people got together and decided to sort of game GameStop a little bit there. <laughs> and uh, boy, that is a really volatile stock. Now, once again, we're not suggesting that you buy any particular stock here. We cannot do that. But that is just something that is in the news and shows you what can happen. So you got to be really, really careful if you're choosing stocks yourself. And I think that is one of the reasons why you should turn to a pro like Brian Evans at Padrona Financial Services and, of course, Bauer Evans CPAs. Brian, lately in the news, we're seeing President Biden do a lot of things. And sometimes I don't hear what's going on, but I see the pictures there. And I see he is signing a lot of things here in the first 100 days or the first 10 days or so. You know, he's got all the pins lined up there. He makes a J, he gets another pin, and oh, he gets another pin with an E. And it seems like he's got stock in BIC. I don't know about that. I think he's really passing some bills that mean that we're going to be spending a little more money. And also, that means bigger taxes. What do you know about that? Well, yes, uh, we are spending uh, more and more money. And on today's show, I do want to talk about that uh, because, you know, no one's talking about it. Does anybody know how much is their share of the debt? Probably not. Probably nobody listening right now. I'll start with that tidbit. Your share, you listening right now, your individual share of the national debt is $82,000 right now. My share. Yeah. Now, you and your wife would be twice that, $164,000 is your mm-hmm. share. So the average household is 2.6 people and uh, $212,000 for the average household. That's the $27 trillion debt that we have. Now, there's something that we've also made promises. They're called Social Security, Medicare, Prescription Drugs. If you add up the unfunded liability for those, what's already been promised that we don't have the money for yet, that we collect through payroll taxes, that's $124 trillion. That adds up to, per person, unfunded liabilities per person in the United States, $371,000 a person, a million dollars for the average household of unfunded liabilities. Sorry if I'm being Debbie Downer right now. Maybe I should have started, you know, how you watch a movie and they say, yeah. the next scenes uh, have graphic il- illustrations, yeah. so you may want to protect your eyes Not if you're sensitive. Not safe for sensitive. young children. Yeah. Not safe for anybody to listen to this segment, so I apologize <laughs> that I have dropped that one on you. But yeah, I remember having a conversation with somebody once. He says, I don't get this. Why anybody cares about the debt? Why don't we all just write a check for $500 and be done with it? I was yeah, like, yeah. I kind of chuckled. Right. Uh, that was some time ago, but now, no. 
just write a check for you had a family of four. Just write a check for three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and we're, we're good. And he'd yeah. whoop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, no one's talking about this. And now, of course, we throw around. Well, why don't we just borrow a few trillion more and put it back in? Okay. And why don't we do this? These initiatives that you know. And I, I saw proposals. Why don't we just send everybody what ten thousand a year, whatever? Okay. Well, these are just monopoly money to politicians on both sides of the aisle. I don't hear anybody talking about the debt. The only two people I can remember talking about the debt were Ross Perot and Ronald Reagan. And that's about it, you know, and it's probably the one thing that could destroy a generation's future more than anything else would be that it gets so high that the dollar becomes worthless. Again, I don't want to be an alarmist, but I'm saying... At some point, someone needs to get out there and share this information and say, uh, we got an issue here, a ticking time bomb. We can address now or ignore it and just spend money like it's going out of style and make it a million dollars a person or right. 10 million a person. Who cares? But at some point, it's going to come back to bite us. Yeah, this national debt clock is really quite sobering. I'm looking at these numbers, and they're just ticking up, and they don't seem to go the other direction. They just go up and up and up and up, and it is really quite scary when you go and take a look at this. If anybody wants to see what I'm looking at, it is usadebtclock.com. That's usadebtclock.com. We're talking about your finances and the national debt, what that can mean for you as an investor in terms of taxes and market volatility. A lot to cover on our show today, Brian, but before we go to the first commercial break, once again, and I think everyone knows, for a complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation financial plan, chance for you to kick the tires here at Madrona Financial. Call 844-MADRONA and request your free plan. 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also go to the website, madronafinancial.com, and request it by email from there. Brian, time for our first break. We'll be right back with more of our show after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. 2020 has come to an end, and the passing of another year means we get to start fresh and reevaluate our goals. As we enter into 2021, take a moment to reflect back on what mattered most in the past year. It could have been your health, your friends, and most likely, your family. Let the start to 2021 be a call to action to ensure that you have a solid estate and legacy plan in place for your family. Call 844-MADRONA to get more information on creating a plan to fit your loved one's needs. At Madrona Financial Services, they believe in creating comprehensive written plans designed to help ensure you never outlive your money and that your plan also reflects the wishes you have for your family. And to make it easy, Madrona Financial Services offers complimentary virtual no-obligation meetings where they'll take the time to discuss your unique goals and financial situation. Leave this past year behind and enter a new one with the confidence that your loved one's future is secure. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about the debt and taxes in the future. And Brian, I'm looking at the USA National Debt Clock here, and the numbers are going up and up and up. Actually, the United States National Debt, I can't even tell you how much this is. I see the, you know, the hundreds and thousands there. I see the billions and trillions. I don't know. How much is the national debt these days? (laughs) 
It's definitely uh, in the trillions. Pull that one up again here. It's $27.5 trillion wow. on what's already been spent that has no replacement funding source. And then there's also $124 trillion in unfunded Social Security, Medicare, and prescription drugs that are going to be paid for in the future from future expected collections. But right. The problem I also have with that, okay, $124 trillion. That's, okay, I don't know how big that number is. How big is it? Well, our entire collection from all sources, income tax, Social Security, Medicare, corporate tax, tariffs, fees, all that stuff, is about $3 trillion a year. So if, if I pull out my little calculator here and I take $124 trillion divided by $3 trillion, it'll take 41 years if mm. all of the money just went to social security medicare and prescription drugs of our unfunded liability so essentially i can do the math on that none of us are going to get that for 41 years none of us are going to pay in for 41 years we're not going to have it down the road at, at mm. the existing rate it's not going to be there for the next generation so a lot of our planning, you know, I talked to a lot of folks about legacy planning. And one of the, the reasons that we need to start talking about this, because I don't see the federal government doing what it takes to make sure that we have what we need for that next generation. It's all about this generation right. and spending money now and spending it huge amounts. And we're, we're seeing that with all the proposed legislation that let's spend more here, spend more here, spend more here. I didn't see any cost cutting in anything that's getting signed. It's all about spending more money. All the proposals seem to be let's spend more. Let's let's even spend more and borrow. You know, it's borrowed. It's printed money. And so we don't have a plan for success right now. You know, if we fast forward 30 years, I can't imagine what these numbers are going to look like. They're going to be so ridiculous at this rate. Now, hopefully we do something about it, but I'm not hearing anybody talk about it. So it's really kind of gnaws on me. Well, with this $27 trillion here, like you said, if it keeps going up like it is, we could see in our lifetimes if we live long enough. I mean, I don't know whatever what the number comes after trillion, but it seems like it's going up so fast that it could very well reach that number. What I worry about, Social Security, Medicare, prescription drug, unfunded liability there, too. I mean, a lot of our people listening to the program, they're not dependent upon Social Security to, uh, you know, make ends meet. But for many people, it is a major part of their retirement income. So is there a chance that, you know, Social Security, Medicare, those things will go away in our lifetimes. Well, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, you know, the $124 trillion unfunded liability, that's for people like primarily age 65 and older. Now we hear, okay, we need Medicare for all. All right. Um, what's that going to do to that number? Yeah. Now, I don't know, double it? Now it's a quarter of a quadrillion. That's the next number up, Jeff. <laughs> so can you, yeah, can right. You just ask. And then, okay, it's just getting to the point where, you know, so every household owes, you know, three million. A household of four owes three million <laughs> unfunded liabilities. This is, it, it starts becoming play money uh, pretty quick, and that's without increasing it. So just, I want to put this out there because this should be something that we're concerned about, especially when we come to people in Washington both sides of the aisle is spending, spending, spending. And without any regard for where's that money going to come from to offset that, oh, let's just tax the rich more. So I hear, okay, let's do away with step up in basis. Let's do away with capital gains treatment. Let's let's make capital gains the highest tax rate thing. And let's tax it to the state of Washington on top of that. 
And right now the proposal is to double capital gains to 43.6% uh, right in there. And then I've heard of a 15% proposal from Jay Inslee. And now we're in the mid-50s on capital wow. gains. People aren't going to stand for that. They're not going to invest like they did before. And there are studies that show when you raise the taxes like that, people change their behavior and they don't sell stuff. And so they think, oh, gee, everybody's selling stocks, so we'll just multiply the rate out. No, they change their behavior. They don't sell anything. Mm-hmm. And you don't get any tax from a lot of people because they just refuse to pay over 50% in taxes. So there's a lot of a lot of things that need to be discussed. But, you know, the, the what is is what I've heard and seen from proposals during the campaign as to what some of the plans are for the Biden administration on taxation. So that's something I guess we need to talk about. And I have heard that President Biden is floating the idea of reducing the eligible age for Medicare from 65 down to 60. So, I mean, that would put a lot of other people taking Medicare, and that would significantly increase that uh, Medicare unfunded liability. Would that be a deal breaker or something that would be catastrophic to the national debt? Well, it, again, all of this stuff is, it feels good now. The The best analogy I have is somebody that's got a drug problem that they're like, well, I know long term it's going to kill me. But if I can just get one more fix, I'll feel really good today. Right. And I'm young and I'm pretty strong. I've been able to sleep this stuff off or get resuscitated or whatever. So I'm okay. I'll, I'll get through this. And yeah, long term, I see people that have been doing drugs too long and you know they they don't do so well but i'm okay today i I need to feel good today i need my fix today and that's what it feels like to me it's like anybody looking at these numbers can come to the same conclusion i have this is unsustainable this will be just devastating long term but you know i want to feel good today so i'm going to fix the environment give money to everybody make everybody love me today you know their kids are pretty much not going to have anything but it's about us today and how we feel today. And yeah. I get cheered whenever I say I'm going to give out more money and, and add more programs and tax the rich. Well, okay, there's an end to that. That that goose doesn't keep laying those mm-hmm. eggs indefinitely. So, yeah, we got some issues with just how we, you know, we're, we're like kids. We're just, we want to eat all of our candy now. We don't want to eat any vegetables or, or do any work. We just want to eat candy because it feels good in the moment and we just yeah. keep doing that. So I, I, I don't see a very mature political system right now because they're ignoring probably the biggest issue we have long term. We're talking about the national debt with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And we're referring to the debt clock at usadebtclock.com. Well, Brian, obviously the flip side to this is going to be higher taxes in the future. So what are some of the ways that our investors and our listeners today can maybe mitigate paying those higher taxes? And we know that the piper has got to be paid sooner than later. Yeah. And now some of the things we're going to talk about, we don't know. There are campaign points that were brought up. Okay. Elimination of capital gains advantages and, and which capital gains, a lot of that is just a tax on inflation. I mean, you bought something years and years and years ago, it went up in value. Well, of course it went up because of inflation. Well, we're going to tax you at 50 plus percent on your inflation. It's like, well, why would I even invest if that's going to be the outcome? I, you know, it's like it kind of takes that away. Doing away with Section 1031 exchanges, doing away with step up in basis. So right now you can inherit property from people and not have to pay income tax. But the, the goal now, according to the new administration, is to tax everybody on inheritances that they receive. So if you inherit 
your mom's house? Well, you got to sell the house to pay the tax. Currently, you can just inherit the house and not pay an income tax. But under the new proposals, if they pass, you're going to have to sell the house to pay the tax. So you, you can't pass that stuff down generationally anymore. I mean, it's just going to be devastating. Uh, there's so many taxes that are being talked about. And when you raise taxes, people change behavior again. So they need to watch what they're, they're, they're going to put through. But initially, that's what it looks like is, is happening. Now, some of this, I don't know the timing. They could pass the tax change and, and it'd be retroactive to 2021, the beginning, or as of the date they pass it, or next year. And and, and also, I, I was thinking about a, a very important point that, and I don't know the answer to this, but I understand that you can pass some things once a year with a simple majority. And it sounded like this year is going to be the COVID bailout kind of money. And it wouldn't necessarily then be a tax increase on all these taxations. So what I'm talking about may be in effect in 2022, May, underlying May, being 2022 if it passes instead of 2021 just because of the COVID relief package that may have to be there once once a year. I don't know. Procedurally, I'm not an expert. But that, that's something I'm considering, and that, so that could affect how later in this year how we look at our capital gains on our assets. We're talking about the USA Debt Clock with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs and what that's going to mean for you and me in terms of taxes in the future, tax mitigation. We also are going to be talking about market volatility here in the new age. But before we get to all that, once again, to get your complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation financial plan that does take tax mitigation into consideration, among other things. Call 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Chance for you to kick the tires here at Madrona Financial Services. If you don't have a plan, this is a chance at no cost, no obligation whatsoever to get a plan to see what your future could look like financially. If you do have a plan from another advisor and you want another look-see, a second set of eyes on that, once again, you can get that here at Madrona Financial by calling 844-MADRONA. You can also request it online and take a look at the firm at madronafinancial.com. Ryan, time for a break. We'll be right back with more of Growing Your Wealth right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. If you have an annuity or are thinking about getting an annuity, do not buy one until you talk to the financial professionals at Madrona Financial Services. Call 844-MADRONA today or visit online at madronafinancial.com for your no-obligation review. You may qualify for an upfront bonus and even guaranteed income growth. While some annuities can help you protect your assets in a volatile market, having the wrong one could cost you thousands. Don't let this happen to you. So if you own an annuity or are thinking about 
buying one. Call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services and they'll explain the different types of annuities, tax truths, what they'll mean to your spouse and heirs, and most of all, how they should fit into your overall portfolio. Call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services now for a no-obligation financial review and find out the truths about your annuities and how they should fit into your retirement income plan. The number to call is 844-MADRONA. That number again is 844-MADRONA or visit online at madronafinancial.com. Prosper with Madrona. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about the national debt and proposed tax increases in the future. And Brian, in the last segment, you talked about tax mitigation strategies, and among them, we were talking about the possible elimination of the step-up in basis, and that would be where you could pass on your real estate to an heir, and you could avoid those capital gains taxes. And if that goes away, boy, that is going to mean some big problems for people who are in inheriting real estate or for those people as well who want to pass on some form of real estate to their heirs. So let's talk about that. Is there an urgency among people that you have seen? And in talking about people who have investment real estate, is there an urgency for those people to sell those properties right away because of the tax situation now and the fear of what it's going to be in the future? Well, there may be. I mean, we just had the elections in Georgia, and now we we know what the issue is. There's so many ways to look at this. I mean, taking away capital gains and step up is really the ultimate bait and switch. I mean, these have been techniques that we've been using for longer than I've been alive. And so to just take that away overnight just because your budget's not very good doesn't seem like a very fair thing when all the planning has been around that for 100 years. And so we do have to look at this this year. And, you know, there's so many things that go into this. One is, oh, my gosh, you're going to take all that stuff away. And let's say that I'm right and they can't do it this year because they're passing the COVID relief bill and they do it next year. Maybe I ought to sell this year. But then, of course, I've got to ask the question, do you know who's going to be the president in four years? Is it going to be Kamala Harris? Well, then, yeah, you might consider selling now. Is it going to be Nikki Haley? Well, then it was probably go back to the way it was before, and it could flip-flop. So it's going to be a very difficult year for planners like myself to answer the question specifically as to what's going to happen to that. And that's why we have to look at each situation individually. But I could see, as some of this stuff sorts out, I could see a place where instead of trying to defer gains, we might actually try and accelerate gains into a year where we think we're still under the old tax law. That's right. I mean, at any point in time, these tax laws could change. And as you said, they could be made retroactive here to uh, January 20th, 2021. That brings to mind people who own investment real estate, Brian, and I'm talking about people who own, let's say, residential real estate. You know, they've got tenants in there and the tenants may move in and pay the rent for a month or so and then not pay it for six months. Is it increasingly hostile in the state of Washington for landlords who own actively managed real estate? Absolutely it is. And I remember hearing an interview where one of the state legislators was renting and did exactly that and was able to justify it. Well, I can do it. I'm allowed to, so I'm doing it. And it was like, what? You have this big paycheck. You can pay your rent, but you're choosing not to because you don't have to because of this. And yeah, 
<laughs> it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. So, yeah, so that is an issue I'm hearing over and over now with a lot of my uh, landlords. So here's the scenario. They're letting me know that they think that prices could go up continue to go up in real estate even if it's in seattle they think you know okay it seems to me it's just going up 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 however it may be that if i try and rent this thing out i get exactly what you just said jeff and someone doesn't pay me my rent and so i don't want to take that risk that landlords are increasingly becoming the enemy of the state the enemy of the city council that we're just going to keep pushing out moratoriums on evictions for non-payment of rent indefinitely and maybe it'll become permanent. And so you might be in a situation, wow. I'm kind of doomsdaying it. Can you imagine? I mean, right now it feels pretty permanent to those that haven't got a rent check in a year. And so who knows what's going to happen? That's a way to confiscate real estate for public purposes is just say, well, there's a, you know, you don't have to pay rent if you're in a place and gee, landlord, too bad, so sad for you. So I do have people selling real estate right now, not because they don't think it could go up in the future, but because they're worried about their own personal landlording requirements requirements and what the, the state and the city councils may do to them personally. So they're selling just to get out of that, get into DSTs, 1031 exchanges in other states where they don't have the onerous landlord rules like we do in Washington state. Yeah, we've talked about the 1031 exchange in the past, and that is an IRS code which allows you to exchange property for a like-kind property. Now, if you do have actively managed residential real estate, you can exchange that for another type of real estate. You can do that in another part of the country. Is this becoming more and more attractive because of these landlord laws these days? Well, yeah. And here's a nuance of that. What if the new administration, let's say it's next year, gets capital gains at a higher rate, but they don't pass the elimination of step-up in basis and 1031s? Then capital gains could be, you know, over 50% in your state. You know, I just did a calculation under the current proposals from President Biden, Governor Inslee. In the state of Washington, your capital gains rate would be 58.4% if they both get their way. If the capital gains rate is 58.4 and we still have 1031 exchange, I'll be like somebody at the In-N-Out Burger joint taking orders for DSTs because <laughs> there's going to be this mass, mass exodus. People selling properties, get me out of here. Get me into something over. So again, they could eliminate that and I'll, I'll never have an order again. I'll be the Maytag repairman waiting for a 1031 because they eliminated it. Or <laughs> they're just the capital gains increase without the elimination, and then I'm the in and out burger person. Brian, you know, when it comes to the state of Washington, uh, of course, we don't have a state tax. At least it doesn't appear on the surface that we have a state tax. There are some other taxes, I think, that make up for the state tax that are sort of like Trojan horses. But do you think there is becoming a Californianization or Californization of uh, taxes here in Washington? We're becoming more and more like California quicker than we thought. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's the goal. I mean, you, you see new kinds of taxes coming out, you know, head taxes or whatever it is. I mean, and the B&O tax was just raised overall, even with the expansion of business and the top lines going up. And that's all it takes in the state of Washington. It's not a net income tax. It's a gross income tax to businesses. So don't tell me we don't have an income tax. We have a gross income tax. It's called the B&O tax. Right. And it's huge. 
you know, I pay six figures a year in B&O tax. Don't tell me I don't pay an income tax for the right yeah. to do business in the state of Washington. Yeah. I see it every month. I could hire the amount I pay. I could hire two people. Sure. But I pay it to the state of Washington instead in the form of B&O tax. So, yeah, like I said, don't kid yourself. We have that tax. And and even with an increase in that tax and collections, because businesses have been increasing, they increased the rate again substantially in the last couple of years. And that there's no end to the appetite of what that could be. You know, it, it was one and a half and then it was two and a half. I mean, it was an enormous, you know, 40 percent increase in the tax rate. Like really on gross? That's not even on net. That's on gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's to keep them from making it 5%, 10%, you know, 50%. I mean, there is no end to the appetite of taxing people that are trying to invest and, and start businesses and grow businesses. There's no end to that appetite. And they'll, they'll, you know, there's a tipping point there where if, if you're trying to grow your inventory and have, take on more payroll and have more accounts receivable, you can't do it because you had to pay your money now in taxes. Mm-hmm. So there's no no point to try. You just have you you can't do it. And so there is a point again, much like the debt, a tipping point where it just doesn't work. Brian, you mentioned that is a tax on the gross. And again, you know, if you've got a little donut shop or a pizza place or something like that, and your gross is a hundred thousand dollars, but you're really not making any money, you make you know ten thousand dollars in profit. It's just a supplement to Social Security. You're not paying tax on the ten thousand. You're paying tax on the 100000 so that wipes out the $10,000 that you would have made in profit. So this B&O tax is really, really sort of a Trojan horse here. I'll give you an example of that. Let's say you had a service business, you bring in $100,000, and you say, oh, I don't have an income tax, and your net profit was ten, and then you fill out your B&O tax return and said, well, it's 2.5% of the hundred grand." You know, okay, well, here's $2,500. And, and you go, well, I paid $2,500. I only made $10,000. i am at the 25% income tax bracket. Yeah, yeah. I thought we didn't have an income tax. So, yeah, depending on your, your gross revenue relative to your expenses, your tax rate could be infinite. Because what if you lost money in a given year? You know, maybe you did a bunch of work and you hired people. And you had a construction company, but one of the jobs didn't pay. And uh, you lost twenty grand. Well, you still got to give them that tax. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you lost money. It's like I didn't even make any money this year. Too bad, so sad. Brian, I was going to say, does that mean that you are really disincentivizing people to do business, keep businesses in the state of Washington? Absolutely. I'm seeing people move just be, just out of principle. They they don't want to pay the Washington estate tax, for instance. They they don't want to fund what they see coming. They see a highly successful state, one of the most successful parts of the country in the history of the world is Washington during these decades here. Yet, we're so we're trying to raise taxes across the board to fund what the spending is. And, and so people are just seeing the writing on the wall say, you can't make it when things are the best they've ever been in the history of the world. How are you going to make it when things get a little tough? down the road and they just want to go to some place where they 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 don't have this 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 you know looming tax changes uh, down the road or if they want to if they have a business that they can take remote and now they can a lot of them right. can i see a lot of people move into places like obviously idaho uh, montana texas florida north carolina tennessee different states out of washington i've never seen so many people be moving out of state as i have this this last year 
So it's not good for the long-term economy of the state of Washington to be so, uh, you know, as we, as we said, anti-landlord and anti-business. We're talking about the uh, debt clock here with Ryan Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And particularly, we're talking about taxes and tax mitigation. Of course, with Bauer Evans CPAs right here working side-by-side with Madrona Financial, they certainly can talk about taxes. And if you would like a financial plan that can mitigate taxes for you, help you get more of what you've worked so hard for, once again, call this number, 844-MADRONA, to get your complimentary financial plan. It's 844-MADRONA. You can also request it from the website, madronafinancial.com. Brian, let's take our final break. We'll be back with more of Growing Your Wealth after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. This week, I'm talking about investment pitfalls to avoid. Yesterday, I talked about taking too much risk. I mentioned how a lot of my clients, they say, yeah, I'm fine taking a lot of risk. And they were fine when their accounts were going up. But when they went down at all, they were kind of freaking out about that and panicking. So kind of find out that maybe they aren't really the risk taker that we think they are. You can't just take risk on one side of the coin there and only take risk on the upside. So that can be a pitfall. The other one is taking too little risk. I have met people that maybe uh, are concerned about the market volatility, and they've spent decades basically being uninvested. Whether it was buying a house or investing in a 401k plan and putting it in the market, you came out ahead if you had two decades. And if you were taking no risk at all, then you're way behind and it could really affect your life. So certainly taking too little risk can be a problem because most of us have time value on our side, you know, when we're working in our working years and markets do go up over time. And so you would have been better taking some risk rather than taking too little or none at all. And the final one today is making emotional investment decisions. We are driven as humans by fear and greed. Most commercials you hear are going to talk about trying to make you fearful of the market or think that you're going to make a lot of money in the market when you're talking to financial advisors. You need to balance the two because if you make all your investment decisions based on how you feel, you're probably going to do it in the opposite order that you should. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, Investments, Retirement, Taxes, and Legacy, madronafinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about money news you can use. And Brian, that is one of the things on the education tab there at madronafinancial.com. Go there and scroll down. You'll see money news you can use. Also, some great guides as well, too. So I want to talk about some of the things that are on money news you can use. Now, we didn't necessarily write all of these articles. We do take them from many different sources, among them Motley Fool, AARP, Kiplinger, etc. But I I want 
to talk particularly here to begin with one from Motley Fool, and that is assessing your investment plan on an annual basis. We know that it's not a set it and forget it here at Padrona Financial. I mean, you're constantly looking at these financial plans and making subtle adjustments or changes as the days, months, and years go by, aren't you? Well, there is there is an aspect of that, but I, you know, I take a different look at, at this because most of us don't need to and probably really shouldn't look at our, our finances every single day or every single week. Conversely, we shouldn't set it and forget. A lot more to the analysis of the financial plan that I don't think is getting done for most people out there by most advisors. And I say that not because, okay, I'm smarter than everybody else. I just We just have more licenses than everybody else in this industry, it seems, because we're, we're CPAs and we're estate planners and so forth. So when I think of assessing your financial plan and your, your it's not just about asset allocation and should I sell the energy sector and buy the utility sector this month? Well, okay, that's part of it. But a bigger part is, you know, have I done an income assessment? If I'm a young person, I'm probably not going to want to, you know, if you listen to the show, I may just want to eliminate Social Security from my plan income. I may want to be focused on FIULs that can pay me tax-free cash flow in retirement. i got to make sure i got my income needs assessed. I need to look at my investment options, as I mentioned. But I need, if I'm older, I need an estate legacy and charitable gifting plan. I need an income tax plan because taxes are going up, as we've been discussing on this show, because of the debt and that nobody's really paying that much attention to. And the insatiable desire to just spend, spend, spend is going to create more tax, tax, tax. We know that now. So these are some of the things that when it comes to a, an assessment of your finances, you can't just focus on, gee, am I in the market, out of the market, market timing, that kind of thing. There's so many more important things, especially given what's going on with our debt. So it's a good idea to take a look at your financial plan on a regular basis. But as you said, looking at it every day, every week, you don't want to obsess but still, you just want to be informed, and if there is an opportunity to make a change that could benefit you, you can go ahead and do that. I want to talk about a particular advisor that I was hearing about the other day, Brian, and, and this goes to tools in the toolbox here at Madrona Financial. And this advisor said, well, all I do is just assets under management. And that meant to me that he's got a toolbox, but there's a lot of extra room in there because he really doesn't have more than just one tool, right? Yeah, if he just does assets under management, he's saying everybody should be in the stock market with all right. of their assets all of the time. And the person in the office next to him, you know, in the strip mall or whatever would say, I only do fixed index annuities. I think nobody should be in the market. Everybody should have safe money and not expect uh, very high returns, but have safety. And so those are the two most prominent types of advisors out there. If you just line up advisors, most advisors either only do assets under managed stock market or they only do annuities. Some do both. And they're they're about 20% of the way there, as far as I'm concerned. Because if you don't do real estate, well, people own real estate. If you don't do taxes, well, there's a kind of a big tax issue we probably want to talk to with our our planning. If you are going to live together forever, fine. But if you're not, if you're listening and you don't think you're going to live forever, you might have an estate plan, trust, legacy, charitable gifting piece to all of this. I could go on and on here. I don't think that a financial advisor is truly being a complete financial advisor if they just do AUM, assets under management, stock market, 
or they just do annuities, or they just do both, how can you possibly call yourself a full-service financial advisor if you don't do all of it? Right. It's you know it's a one-trick pony type of thing, and that's one of the things here at Madrona Financial that I've always admired is the number of tools in the toolbox here. You not only do assets under management, but you can talk about insurance services and life insurance and index universal life policies. You can talk about annuities. You can talk about real estate, taxes, and tax mitigation. So those are some of the tools in the toolbox here at Madrona Financial. Let's talk about taxes a little bit here, Brian, and tax mitigation. I know that tax season is upon us. When officially does tax season begin and when does it end or should it be tax season all year round for a lot of people? Well, I own a CPA firm, so I'd say it's pretty much all year round for me to employ all these people. I hope so anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, tax planning's happening throughout the year for our firm. And, you know, the bulk of the work, of course, is done in February, March and April. And then uh, we stay busy, though, with extensions and so forth. And I do want to point out people, some people get nervous about extending their tax return. No big deal. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not a big deal extended. I do mine every year. I extend it every year. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't, there's no stats on it increasing your risk of audit or thinking the IRS is going to think that's weird. Tens of millions, many tens of millions of returns are extended because there's just not enough time to get them all done by the end, by the middle of April. So, Brian, if I do do an extension on my tax return, does that mean that I can defer my tax payments until the extension is due? Well, you can, but you'll pay a penalty in interest. So when you do your extension, you're supposed to pay the tax that you think might be due. So it doesn't mean you can just ignore it and file an extension. You do got to work up an estimate and then figure out how much you think you might tax. Then you can fine tune it in the weeks or months uh, after April 15th. Now, Brian, if you're a W-2 employee and that means that you're working at a company in which taxes are withheld, you generally get your W-2 statement about this time of the year. You go ahead and file your income taxes and you see how much money you're going to get back or some people may owe taxes a little bit. If you do have ancillary income, some 1099 income, is it a wise idea to do a quarterly tax filing and when is it required or is it ever required to do a quarterly tax filing and quarterly tax payments? Yeah, if you have outside income that doesn't have withholding like a W-2, then you're supposed to make quarterly tax payments to avoid any interest and penalties. Otherwise, you will pay them at the end of the year. And also for cash flow purposes, it it sure is easier if you've already made four quarterly estimates and you do your tax return rather than, yeah, I ignored it all year. Now, I I owe a lot of money I don't have. You know, that can be a problem, too. So, yeah, you're supposed to make quarterly estimates when you have outside business interests. So, Brian, let's say that I make $100,000 for my W-2 income, but I've got a little ancillary, you know, profit here. I've gone to the flea market when you used to go to the flea market or that sort of thing, and I've managed to make $3,000 out there. Does that mean that I still need to make these quarterly tax payments on such a little amount? I wouldn't. You can always adjust your withholding up a little bit to take care of that. I mean, if I know I'm going to owe... $12,000 from my ancillary business extra, I might just add a thousand bucks a month to my withholding and not have to bother with quarterly estimates. There's different ways to do this. Generally, this applies to where you have high, you know, K1s from other businesses where your income's pretty high out externally that you would want to make those quarterly tax payments. Brian, on your outside business, when is it an indicator that you should go from a sole proprietorship to forming some sort of a corporation? And what is the simplest type of corporation that you could uh, form in order to benefit uh, from tax payments? 
Yeah, that's a great question. We do have a program that we kind of run through to, to assess uh, when does that make sense. Certainly, if you have that flea market business, it doesn't make sense to create a new entity and so forth. But if you have a you know rather more substantial business, uh, then for a couple reasons, it could be Social Security and Medicare tax savings reasons. It could be for liability purposes that you'd want to maybe form a LLC, like an S-Corp status or an S-Corp for that small business for, for other reasons. So there's a lot to that conversation that we can have with you. I've seen a lot of people not not end up with solid advice when it comes to that, but we do have a program that can help us analyze that question for people. And is the most common form of corporation that people begin with an LLC, limited liability corporation? It's a limited liability company, and it's not a corporation. It's, okay. it's akin to a partnership. S-Corp is typically it, but a lot of people set up an LLC because it has more bells and whistles than an S-Corp, and then they elect S-Corp status for the income tax filing purposes only. So I think I just put half of my audience to sleep, and <laughs> uh, you know that's why I suggest you might get some uh, advice on that as to what makes sense for you with your business situation. Yeah, if you've got a small business or let's say that you're making $100,000 in a W2 job and then, you know, you decided to clean gutters or do roofs or whatever it is you happen to do, you've got more energy than me and you're doing that on the weekend <laughs> and holidays and that sort of thing and you're finding that income to creep up quite a bit too. I mean, with a limited liability company, you are protecting yourself against liability if you should somehow accidentally harm a roof or something like that. But there is S-Corp status, too, which will help you with taxes. And you're right. This is kind of getting into the weeds a little bit. But it is important to know the different business structures so that you can save on taxes. Again, if you have questions about business structure or questions about any kind of business Brian, that is something, another area here that you really specialize in at Padrona Financial, that you really understand businesses both big and small. Yeah, and that would be a Bauer Evans CPA firm that uh, we focus on on those kinds of questions. And, you know, some of our advisors do both, and, and certainly you can help with that. Also, business succession questions is probably more a Madrona Financial type of thing, uh, talking about, okay, what's the future look like? Uh, unless you think you're going to work forever in your business. Again, I... I imagine there's a stopping point at some point. Do you have a business that's saleable? Is it, how will you account for that? How are you going to bifurcate sales between the goodwill and the the equipment and the real estate? Should you do an opportunity zone with uh, the sale of the business part? Should you do a Delaware statutory trust with the real estate part? What about step up and basis? If it's, you know, transferred family members, all these, there's all kinds of things we can get into selling it internally to employees, selling it externally, uh, all kinds of stuff we can get into on the sale of a business. So whether it's taxes, insurance, estate planning, health care, or legacy, Madrona Financial has all the tools in the toolbox to get you where you need to go. Once again, to request your complimentary financial plan, it is madronafinancial.com. You can email us from there, and be sure to check out those articles on the education tab there, the guides. And there's all sorts of other great educational material there, too, including webinars. Once again, it's madronafinancial.com. You can also give us a call to request your plan at 844-MADRONA. Brian, out of time for this week. Want to thank everyone for listening to us. Have yourself a great weekend and a great week. For Ryan Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? 
Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Don't let the health crisis that began in 2020 become a wealth crisis for you in your retirement. Times like these require a plan and people you can trust by your side. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has been helping retirees navigate through changing times for more than 30 years. If you're not 100% certain that your current plan is equipped to handle times like these, call Madrona Financial Services right now, and Brian will meet with you personally. The number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA. But spaces are limited, so call now. The pandemic could likely affect your taxes, Social Security, your investments, your health care, and a lot more. So now isn't the time for guesswork. Call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA. A sound strategy and a team by your side could add hundreds of thousands of dollars or more over your retirement. Call 844-MADRONA right now. That's 844-MADRONA or visit online at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A-Financial.com. 